Hey everybody, you hear that? Sounds like tea time. Island talk, island talk. Right here on the kitchen island. Island talk, island talk. Right here on the kitchen island talk. Keeping it real and never fake right here on the kitchen island talk Dishing the tea with Lady V, BJ, Cheryl T, we forever styling Real talk about real issues, if you don't like it then go get a tissue Walking talking like a diva should do. wouldn't choose another sisterhood too Island talk, island talk Right here on the kitchen island talk, island talk Right here on the kitchen island talk and we are back at the island. This is your girl, Vanita. This is BJ. Cheryl T's in the house. Cheryl, what you doing? You look like you busy. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to change something on my screen. Oh, okay. How's everybody doing? Wonderful. We're doing great. Good. It's been a minute. Been a minute. Um, we've all been very, very busy. Um, so busy. Too big. I agree. I just—I know. I just asked somebody at church last night. I'm like, this is too much. Can we shut down? I know there's no coronavirus. I mean, it still is, but can we shut down just for GP general purpose? We didn't realize how wonderful that was to have the pandemic and be shut in and relax and rest. I know we got stir crazy. Yeah. But let's well, just say I, I had—I was saving money. I wasn't spending money. It was mm-hmm. so wonderful. Was it was <laughs> saving gas money? Yes, yes. everything. Yes. So Ooh, I'm ready for a shutdown, y'all. I may have to do my own <laughs> personal shutdown. I was about to say, the onus is on us to do our own personal yes. shutdown. Just say no. Much. Yeah, yes. it's easier to just say that, Beverly. But when it comes down to it, and you and Cheryl, you and I have talked about it, it's sometimes it's hard to say no. Sometimes it's like, who do you say no to? You yeah, know, I, I I did a rundown with Benito on the different things that I had, you know, going on with work mm-hmm. asking me at the last minute to go to Nashville, and I stayed at the Gaylord. It was wonderful. I did a presentation, had to present there, and then I came back, and as soon as I flew in on, on Thursday, we got in a car on Thursday evening and drove to Houston for my husband's best friend's birthday party, mm-hmm. and they've been trying to be more intentional with each other because you. You know, things happen, you know, yeah, and so they yeah. wanted, he wanted to be there because his wife was uh, surprising him with a birthday party. So I said, OK, I can't let my husband down. Let me go ahead and ride with him. We drove out to Houston and stayed there on uh, Friday. We worked from the hotel room and then Friday evening went to his party. Well, on the 30th, I had agreed to host a group of ladies from my Love Fest team. Uh, the Afterglow party is what we call it, kind of talking through everything that went through the Love Fest and then planning for next year's Love Fest. Well, we had to get up at five o'clock in the morning on Saturday, drive back to San Antonio. I hosted them starting at one o'clock till maybe about five. Then I had to take a little minute and prepare a sermon because pastor said, Cheryl, can you preach on Sunday? Because somebody was going to see one of their teams play football in Houston, Texas. So I said, okay, sure, pastor, I'll preach. Well, when you think about it, I couldn't tell work no. Mm-hmm. I did could tell pastor no because I know that that's my calling. You know what I mean? And I definitely can't tell my husband no. And I had already agreed to that day. Uh, for that event for the ladies. Everything mm-hmm. else came after I had agreed to do that event on the 30th. So it's like, who do you say no to? They all come in at all at the same time. 
Right. And it's hard to figure out who to say no to. It is. It is. Well, tell our listeners you did it all. With God's grace, you know, somebody was one of the ladies we had prayer and I was like, oh, Lord, you got to help me. And sure, as she prayed over me and we prayed together. And that night, I tell you, I wrote that sermon out within about less than an hour and it was all done. And normally I have to sit down, write it out, walk through it, scratch through it. I didn't have to do any of that. That next morning, I just printed it off, got in the car. And that's what y'all heard on Sunday. And I'm going to tell our awesome. listeners. It was, you know, all sermons are good and they're all from God, but this was one of your most wonderful, impactful sermons that you preached. I told Sister Mitchell right after that, before they returned from their trip. Wow. So you were awesome. Praise you God. touched on so many bases of things that were going on within the church and mm. with my life. So I was like, she hit a hundred. She batted a hundred. That was God, because I'm telling you, when he started pouring into me, I just started typing it up, boop, 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 and it just, it just, came, it just flowed out, and that's what her prayer was that it would flow out, and that I would get a good night rest. And I did. Wow. I went to bed at nine o'clock, and I slept good. I got up that morning, printed it off, and I started just, you know, making my own notes on my way to church when my husband's driving, and I wasn't anxious. I wasn't nervous. It was just like I felt comfortable. That was one of those certain that this is supposed to be preached right now in this moment for yeah. somebody. It was awesome. It was awesome. I, I'm just going to say this. You girl, you made me so tired telling me all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I can tell you why I'm tired. Um, <laughs> we, well, Sister Mitchell and I are doing our, I should say, Diva Vanita. We're doing the KIPP, the Knowledge is Power program. And you know how when you're developing something that's new and really dear to your heart because it's an after-school program for high schoolers, ninth through 12th grade, you put your all into it and then some, and I mean, we have been eating, sleeping, and drinking Kip. Wow. Sometimes I have to tell Sister Mitchell, don't call me, don't talk to me about Kip, but it's, it's, it, it's consumed us, but in a good way. So we've been working to develop this after-school program that will help young people learn in a different way, not like they are leaving school and going right back to school, but we're thinking out of the box. And praise God, it's it's so far been successful. But I'm telling you, KIPP is everything to us right now. But then the other thing, you all, I've been cleaning out my house since I got married. <laughs> and that's and, and wait a minute, how long have you been married? Hallelujah, we celebrated five years. Five years. So for five years, you've been cleaning out your house. Well, my husband brought things. And then, you know, the listeners know we brought my mom with us during the pandemic. And so we've been back to our home and brought things here. So we have four people who haven't started out their things. They just came with boxes, bags, suitcases. And hallelujah, I'm clearing out. So I got a bin for Goodwill, a bin for the yard sale with my friend, my girlfriend, Shirley, a bin for giveaways and a bin for the trash. Ooh, so I learned so that from you. you, Cheryl, because when we cleaned out the church nursery, I noticed how we'd be saying, this looks pretty good. We can keep it trash that. <laughs> so she cracked the whip listeners. So that's what I've been doing. And then I mentioned to you all before that I'm planning some sort of celebration for my mother who will turn 100 in two months on December 10th. So pray for me for that. 
And I already said we celebrated our wedding anniversary. And I, and I want to share my 16-year-old grandson made the National Honor Society. So we've been celebrating, yeah. cleaning out. So it's been, it's been good. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Yeah, proud of it. It's hard for you to say no also, isn't it, Beverly? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a heated moment. Need to turn on my ceiling fan. All right. Whew. You are? Oh, yes, Jesus. There <gasps> you go. <laughs> this life, this life, this life we lead. Flame on, flame on. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode for our listeners and just share with them ways to cool off and share our fans that we have. We have so many different kinds of fans. Oh, y'all lucky my son. This is the one you gave me. I will be like, just strip it all off right about now. Look, I don't go anywhere without it. <laughs> it's so hot. It is hot. What about you, Diva Vanita? Oh, my gosh. I think you've already hit on it. If it's not church, it's Kip. If it's not Kip, I'm consumed with, and we'll talk about it later, sports. I don't know how to let go of this ESPN and all the different sports. So Me either. That's I, what makes the job hard. Yes, yes. It's hard. You know, mm -hmm. I center, you know, doing my laundry around watching football, sitting there folding laundry. I center everything around sports or working on KIPP or planning out for church events. It's it's just a lot. And so I told myself yesterday, well, last night, after so much was going on yesterday, um, that I have got to slow down because I could feel myself getting um, edgy and mm -hmm. being short with people. And I don't want to do that. You know, Girl, that's what happened to me. Yeah. So I, I, I need to cut back and mm -hmm. I will starting this weekend. I'm going to, I'm going to try. <laughs> that's hard. I can tell you. You have to, because if you don't, like you said, you'll be edgy. I know when we got to the hotel that night, um, Thursday night, we slept well, but the next day I was just, I was just so grinchy the next day. Cause I just like, thinking all the stuff that I still have to do. And, you know, we're working in a hotel room together. Oh, calls. you know, he's in one room, I'm in another room. And I said, you know, I just need to get out the room for a minute. And uh, he had already went somewhere. And he told me that he was telling me I filled the car with gas. And I thought he was telling me to fill the car with gas. And I said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> he's like, I'm trying to tell you, I feel the car with gas. I said, honey, I'm so sorry. I think my, I'm just exhausted because I really hadn't got like really, really good, good sleep. Um, so I said, I'm just a little tired. Let me just do some drive around for a little bit and, and I'll be back. And that's what I did. And then when I came back after my last call, I just took the longest nap ever because <laughs> I was so exhausted. You needed it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. But that's what's been going on. So I'm glad we're all back. And we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with a few hot topics. All right. All right. It's Vanita. Listen, we would love to hear from you with feedback. Let us know if we have been a help in making your day a little bit brighter. We want to make a difference one episode at a time. So check us out on Instagram, 
Twitter, and Facebook. And as a bonus, we are now on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe to our channel. We can personally be reached at kitchenislandtea at gmail.com and would love to hear from you with topic and guest suggestions. So in the meantime, continue listening to this episode and take care of yourself. Ciao. And we are back at the island, y'all. And it was great catching up, but we're going to touch on a few hot topics here. And, you know, it's, things are just really going crazy in the world right now. Craziness in the world, not just in our country, but in other countries. There's just a sense of unrest and confusion and manipulation. It's just a whole list of negatives. So I was like, what in the war is going on here? And I say war because Israel, like what in the heck is all of that about? And I can't speak a whole lot about it because I don't know about it. And for all you listeners or new listeners that don't know me, I cannot stand to watch the news. It is so depressing. And I'm one of those persons that holds on to everything. And I, I you know, if it has to do with guns or children or anything like that, I can't rest at night. It bothers mm-hmm. me to that end. And my friend Maury is always like, you you need to stop holding on to stuff. But I can't help it sometimes. But, you know, there's earthquakes going on. Y'all carjacking, which I thought was out of style, is on the rise, especially in D.C. You know, our own state representative. It was um, Congressman Cuellar, I think. Cuellar was, was carjacked in Washington, D.C. And he's and, a black belt. Yeah, and he's a black belt. And so I was looking that up and carjacking is on the rise. They've already had 651 incidents so far in 2023. That's disgusting. And it's happening with young people. They're saying more teens are doing this. Yes, and it's just crazy. And then, you know, you can't even go to a simple football game. I went to a football game. My husband and I went last weekend. Cheryl, you were talking about being in Houston. I think we probably past each other on the interstate. Uh, We went to Houston when you guys were coming back, but we went to just spend a weekend there and we went to a, we went there for a Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Houston Texans game. But on Saturday, we decided to go to a children's football game. And, you know, we're all excited and uh, all of a sudden there was commotion and women were fighting, like fist fighting. Yes, to the point that they had to be separated. One lady was taken across the football field. The other one was escorted off the field by the commissioner. Well, as she's leaving off the field, yes, by the commissioner of the league, as she's being escorted off the field, the other woman comes back across the field yelling just all kinds of nasty stuff to her. Mind you, there's hundreds of kids here because there was back-to-back football games. There's parents, grandparents all of that. And the next thing you know, that lady that was being escorted out over by her car, we hear pop, 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 gunshots. Oh my goodness. Yes. This is true story. We're all, everybody's yelling, hit the ground, everybody down, everybody down. So if you can imagine hundreds of kids, parents, adults, grandparents hitting the ground 
And just so happened where we were sitting, there was a metal kind of stone building. Um, it was probably where they keep all the equipment, you know, to mark the lines and cones and stuff. And we were sitting by that building. We propped down on the, plopped down on the ground. Bunch of kids gathered behind that building with us. And when I tell you kids were crying and, and just losing their minds, I didn't know. I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I was laying on the ground and I locked eyes with a little boy on the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, and I said, it's going to be okay. Just lie still. I mean, tears are rolling down his eyes. Aww. At the same time, I'm thinking, Lord, is this how I'm going out? And so your, your mind wow. starts racing. You don't know what to say, what to think, how this is going to end or anything. But we were literally on the ground for probably five to six minutes. Wow. Um, Which yeah. seemed like 20 to 30. Hours. Like a lifetime. Yeah, mm -hmm. it seemed like a lifetime, but it was about six minutes. And so um, finally we heard sirens coming. Mm. People start getting up and running to their cars. And we, mind you, we had brought chairs and stuff. And so I was like, do we just get up and run and leave the chairs? But just so happened, the chair had already folded up because I was going to move. But long story short, my husband and I, we made it to our car. Oh, we, for lack of a better word, we got away. Hmm. It was just a horrible experience. But one of the little boys was so terrified, he could not even stand up to run with his dad. It was like three people trying to convince him to get up off the ground. He was that frightened. Yeah, traumatizing. And yeah. Yeah. Like we have gotten sensitized to it, um, unfortunately. Yes. When those things, because we hear about it all the time. And, you know, if you had told us this story probably about 15, 20 years ago, we were like, oh my God, no way. Now we're like, oh, really? I mean, even us is mm -hmm. a different. Yes, thing, mentality. You know, exactly. Right, because we've gotten desensitized to it and it's true trauma. And I think our country, you know, has been traumatized in so many different ways and we're suppressing it. The, the fear is once we stop suppressing it and it comes out like a, shaking a Coke can, you know, what's going to happen when we finally are able to release and, 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 and free ourselves from the trauma that we're suppressing. Because it's a lot of people that are suppressing trauma right now. Exactly. Uh, from, you know, sickness exactly. and people dying of uh, COVID and exactly. like you said, wars and, and exactly. then the shootings. Exactly. You exactly. Know, so. so to be honest with y'all, I really did not want to, to talk about it. I've been trying to suppress it, like you're saying. Yes, suppress it. But it. the best thing is, is to talk about it. And that's the thing that I always tell people is to, mm -hmm. to you know, the young people say, walk it out, walk it out. I say, talk it exactly. out, talk it out. You got to talk it out because exactly. the more you talk about it, the more you release it, you know, and you're not suppressing it. Because when you suppress it, it just builds up. And exactly. then sometimes it turns into different forms. Exactly. Uh, and exactly. so trauma has to be dealt with or exactly. processed, shall I say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was just very traumatic for me. So, you mm -hmm. know, cleaning out my car, the seats, the chairs that we usually take, keeping the car so that we can go to kids games. When I was cleaning out my car, I was like, do I put this back in? Do I embark upon going up to any more kids games? You know, mm -hmm. that's just the mindset that I'm thinking, I don't want to do this. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't want to go through this. I, 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 you know, the whole way when we were driving off, I just kept yelling not at my husband, but at the whole situation. I'm like, these are children. These children spent 
all week practicing for this and mm. what happens. The game we went to see never even started. Wow. So so here's another thing that, that I want you to even think about, because I know I remember sitting there talking to your husband about it and also you, because, you know, he mentioned it in, in his sermon last week. Mm -hmm. um, is that did they ever catch the person that shot the gun? That's just it. We didn't do a And that's the thing. There's no consequences for doing those things. Now, if someone would have gotten shot, hit or killed, mm -hmm. yes, they would have probably pursued. But mm -hmm. do you think they ever caught the person or arrested the person that shot the gun? I don't know. You know, we don't know. I mean, it was a woman. I mean, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't want to know. I just wanted to get away. We wanted to drive away and be alive. Mm -hmm. We wanted all the kids to be okay. The kids that we went to see play, you know, yeah. were, you know, traumatized, but they got away and weren't harmed. You know, yeah. and that's why when we go to sporting events, everybody has to be checked. And it's sad because now maybe they need to check at children's events. And even though they're in open areas, but, you know, parents have got to check them, themselves. You can't get so emotionally enthralled and involved that you forget what it's all about. It's for the kids to be well-rounded and have fun. It's not to be arguing over who gets to play, who doesn't get to play, who's playing better, who's getting the accolades, who, you know, you're not letting my son play, or you're not the coach. Yeah, and, Let and, the coach and, do his job, and you sit back and let your child see that you're able to manage your feelings and yourself. Self-control is spoken of in the Bible, and we need to maybe talk more about it because our kids, if they keep seeing parents go crazy and act a fool, exactly, exactly, they so have the, to do the same thing. The argument started because this little boy—I'm not kidding you—this little boy, while we were sitting, when we got there, he runs and ran about three touchdowns without being touched. And his mom was going crazy. And she was sitting in the tent next to us. So she's going up and down the sidelines, just running and cheering for him and just shouting. Well, after he, the score was like 40 something to, I don't know, five or 10. Mm -hmm. She's still cheering. That's her child. Well, this lady got mad and said, stop cheering for him. They're already winning. And she was like, I'm not gonna stop cheering for my child. So this, chi this woman went and hit her. Does that make sense? No, it's just no. So she just lost self-control and she, she did. didn't realize she was disrespecting herself, her child and the other children. Exactly. And the thing is, she could have stopped right there. But from my understanding, when they kicked her out, that's when she went and got the gun out of her vehicle. So even yeah. if they would have checked her going in, yeah. she wouldn't have had it. So yeah. that, right. you know, that's she true. passed through that checkpoint. That's so she went back God's to get it because it's all about over them anyway. at this point. You know, yeah. saving fact, you know. You're right. You're right, Cheryl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that was my unfortunate adventure in Some Houston. experience. But I, like I was saying, y'all, is that everything is just going crazy and berserk. But I, I did want, want to say, say something, something about what's happening over in Israel and okay. with Hamas uh, that attacked uh, Israel. Um, Israelis, I think over 1,200 Israelis have, have died and killed and over probably 900 to a, over 1,000 uh, Palestinians have been killed. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and I say senseless violence uh, right. because there's other ways of solving, you know, the Middle East crisis. But, you know, God said that that would, that place, it would always be um, a place of disruption until, you know, Christ comes again. 
um, not to validate any of that. Um, but I, I, I just had to pray for both sides, actually pray for the, the women and children that are in, and people that are still being kidnapped, that are kidnapped, that are located now in Palestine and held by Hamas. And then pray for the Palestinians uh, that are currently, you know, everything's cut off from them. They don't have any electricity, they don't have any water, they don't have any food, and they have some Americans that are stuck over there right now. They were visiting right. family members and, and they over can't 25 get out. Americans have died. And there's actually some WNBA players over there, but they've been, um, I guess, removed or moved somewhere and they're safe. Yeah. Yes. So you have people that are, you know, in Israel that are, that are mourning the loss and, and of their, their family members. And literally these people were killed at gunpoint, you know, just brutally killed and murdered. Yeah. They even um, beheaded little children. And so. Oh, yeah. And, and very I just barbaric. To Very say important. to our listeners, you know, if we could just, you know, have a prayer for um, those people that are that are hurting over in the Middle East, um, the Palestinian people, and also the the Israeli people, um, because it was sheer evil what they did to mm -hmm. to them, and it's sheer evil now that that we're seeing happening um, with the death of all these innocent people. So. Um, and you know, you know, the Bible say to pay, pray for peace, the peace of Jerusalem and, uh, you know, pray for the people. So that's, the, I just been waking up in the middle of the night praying for them. Cause it's just been so Me hard too. on my heart to think about, you know, I'm waking up at six o'clock in the morning and somebody's knocking at my door with a gun, you know, and it's, it, or it, just it's shooting you, period. and just shooting you, you know? Yeah. You know, so they were always, they have a safe rooms within their homes because of the bombing. Mm -hmm. um, but as they're going into the safe rooms, they didn't know these people are coming into their house and trying to get in the safe room to kill mm -hmm. them and kill them right at point blank. Um, so it, it was very brutal. Uh, so, so my prayer has been that, you know, that God would free the, the people that are hostage or held, held bondage, um, that God would, you know, somehow confuse Hamas, the enemy, um, so that they, you know, maybe they turn on each other. Um, so it's similar to what happened in Gideon's days with the lights, the can I mean, the candles when they broke the candles yes, and, and, yes. and they, they just all ran, you know, scattered. I know that God can do a miracle. I'm praying for those hostages to be released and also praying for the Palestine people to be able to get the necessities that they need in order to survive. Um, over in Gaza. It's just a bad situation. But I just wanted to read this out of Matthews and at chapter six, and it reads, um, I mean, chapter 24, verse six, and it says, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end will, won't follow immediately. Nations will go to war against nations and kingdoms against kingdom. There will be famines, and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. And Cheryl, when you read that, it brought to mind that there's so many countries in Africa that are having wars, internal wars. Uh, then we can't forget about Ukraine and Russia still trying to impose their will upon them. And mm -hmm. We can't forget Haiti because they have a lot of militants and everybody's fighting to run the country, but mm -hmm. they're really destroying the country, destroying the land. 
Every war makes the land destroyed. The people are destroyed. And so you're right. It we know we have we have war, but we really have to pray for all these countries that are in turmoil and then pray for our own country because we may not be fighting with uh weapons and you know knocking down buildings, but we really are doing a job on each other as human beings. And yeah. the amount of hatred instead of love that's in the United States is bigger than some of those wars that they're fighting with guns. It's, it's and it's it's unfortunate that we don't know we're all God's children. We're all in his image no matter what. And like you said, we can settle our differences some kind of way without doing Well, you know, I, I always lean on that scripture. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against yes. principalities and rules yes. of darkness to sit in high places. So we got to remember that this is truly a spiritual battle that's happening. Yes, someone, is. you have to think about someone that will go and kill a child point blank and cut their head off. They there's no possibility that they are saying, oh, I'm a child of God. I'm doing this no. for God. You know, so they are, they're doing there wrong. is so much evil that's rising in the world. Mm -hmm. It's hard. So we got to pray for these folk and, and each other because it's mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. We are back at the island and we have a special treat. This is October 2023 and it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And normally we will interview a survivor and um, we've done that over the last four years. We're about to celebrate our fourth year anniversary on this podcast. Woohoo! So we're excited hey. about that. But we thought we'd go, at a, go with it at a different angle this October. Um, we wanted to get the perspective from the caregiver of a breast cancer survivor. And so we have a special treat today. We have someone that's near and dear to our hearts. Um, he's actually come over and helped me set up the podcast studio a few times. And uh, I could tell by the look on his face, he was like, what have you gotten me into? <laughs> but he's one of our favorite people. And um, welcome to the island, Mr. James. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You're welcome. So we are, um, we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you were just in a meeting and you might even be between meetings. I don't know, but thank you again for coming on. And I'll be honest, it was a short notice, but we're glad you're here. No problem. We're ecstatic that you're here. We're, uh excited that you can help us observe breast cancer month in a different way and so i'm just gonna say we are happy you're here thank you <laughs> thank you for that warm welcome i appreciate it you're welcome so we're just gonna get right into some of the questions we have for our listeners to hear your your take on how this journey was for you so as the main caregiver I'd like you to talk about your experience through your wife, Barbara's medical condition of having breast cancer. I know you probably had to do doctor's visits and other things, but could you share with us how you, how your experience was 
as you helped go through this journey with her? Sure. I think the first thing that happened once Barbara found out, and Barbara and I both found out she had breast cancer, was we had decided we were going to take this journey together. It was. It wasn't that she had cancer. It was that we had cancer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, taking that approach, it was pretty easy to get into the mode of what we had to do. The, the other thing I think that is very important is we had, I, I guess we went in with such deep faith that we, we knew things were going to work out. We didn't worry about it. So in terms of medical visits and things of that nature, I still remember the first one where we had to do the biopsy. Of course, standing there watching the doctor poker with that needle was a little e for me, but mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we kind of knew what to expect because the mammogram, had, the person at the mammogram had told us what he suspected. And so when the results came back, it became, how do we set the schedule so we work things out? Uh, as you know, I was working full time, some full and a half time sometimes, but I had a, a, a supervisor that was uh, very good and uh, sympathetic and understood what was going, what, what I'd be going through. So we just kind of scheduled things. Once she had doctor's appointments laid out, I kind of worked my vacation schedules around when her appointments were going to be held. And so for me, it was pretty easy, pretty straightforward. I knew what I had to do. Uh, and again, we were going through this together. It wasn't going to be just Barbara going through, uh, going through uh, uh, cancer surgery and cancer things. So the first bout, and then most of you, you know that she had two bouts of cancer. So mm-hmm. the first one was, uh, the surgery was, I would consider, relatively minor. She wouldn't, but I would, mm-hmm. because it, they did what they call a lumpectomy. And so she wasn't in the hospital very long. She wasn't down very long. Uh, the, I guess the, the time came in when she, started, when she started chemo. And those were pretty rough sessions. The first one was the first night after the first session. We, neither she nor I slept because it was, she, was, it nauseated, she was nauseated. And uh, we were up all night that first night. So I had to get up about 1 o'clock in the morning, call the doctor, and run out to Nacogdoches and to pick an O'Connor, which was the only pharmacy open at that late hour, to pick up some medicine for her. And uh, that kind of calmed her, 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 uh, calmed her stomach. But again, it was, it was, we were in it. It wasn't she was in it by herself. Well, what did you all do about uh, meals uh, since you were working? And I know you had a support system, but did your cooking skills increase or what happened? <laughs> I, I say I add, I will say I added a few more things than what I could cook, <laughs> but the first again the first bout wasn't so bad. She was during chemo. She didn't eat much, so for me I could pick up something on the way home. Uh, what we did was whenever, <clears throat> excuse me, whenever she was going to have chemo, I would make sure I had the, the the half day the evening half day off on vacation, because in the morning once she got through she was, felt fine, but after about twelve o'clock. Uh, she was not fine and so i made sure i was home every after every treatment at noon so that i could provide meals for her and she couldn't eat much uh, while she was going through chemo the second bout she didn't have chemo but uh, she wasn't able to get around much at all so again i'd make what whatever she wanted to eat i could make because she uh, if you know my wife her appetite is uh, very simple so I could fix almost anything and she'd eat it as long as it wasn't poison or <laughs> <it> bad. <laughs> but uh, 
I took care of the meals and uh, until she was able to get up and do them, uh, fix what she wanted. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Awesome. I just appreciate you uh, being straightforward and sharing with us what you went through. So from a social aspect, did you all ever get to the point where you were just watching TV or was it just caregiver all the time or did people come over and sit with you? You know, that was a good thing about being at Mount Zion. We had a, uh, a very supportive church membership and we had folks calling. I can remember several uh, members bringing over something to eat for us. Even though we had stuff, they still brought food. And and more importantly, they brought fellowship and comfort. Uh, I think the, the ability for Barbara to interact with other folks besides me all day, all day or all afternoon really helped her as well to uh, to heal. Awesome, awesome. Well, I have one more question because I know my cohorts have questions too. And so with the most emphasis being on Barbara, the one with the cancer, how did this cancer journey affect you emotionally and socially and I guess even spiritually? How did you maintain you? Well, Barbara and I both have been in church all our lives. And so our faith was deep. And as I mentioned earlier, when, when the doctor made the announcement, uh, we both had decided she's going to be okay. Uh, the spirit was just telling us she was going to be fine. The other part of that is I have watched uh, two uncles and an aunt uh, battle cancer and lose a battle with uh, cancer. So uh, I had had experience already. I, had, I was close to all three of those people. And so mentally I was prepared. And spiritually, I was prepared for whatever answer God had for us. But again, we had, we were so convinced that God had already told us she's going to be okay that uh, we were fine. We, we were both uh, mentally and spiritually uh, ready for whatever happened. Right. I, I had asked her one time, uh, why did God do this to us? She, asked, she answered me by saying, who else? Hmm. Why not? Wow. And keep in mind, she was the one going through all the chemo, the radiation and all that and surgery on the second one. And her response was, why not me? Uh, and that mm. helped me wow. move forward. Well, what I love about what you said is it wasn't she was going through the cancer. So I wrote down no she, but we. Absolutely. And so I think any listeners that may be facing this journey and if you have a partner or family, it's not the person is we. And so that's what I take from everything that we've discussed so far. So I'll stop talking so we can get some more questions to you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, uh, James. We appreciate you coming on. So how long has your wife been cancer-free? I think the last bout was 20, we moved back here 2012. The last bout was 2013. I think she, mm -hmm. she was diagnosed right after my father, the year after my father and mother passed. Wow. So we're 10 years, we're 10 years cancer free so far. 10 years. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. I remember that first bout and, and coming over to the house and bringing some food. I made a nice yeah. chicken pot pie. It. <laughs> I was so proud. I got some food for Barbara. <laughs> 
And we ate it. Awesome. Awesome. I'm I glad remember I'm sitting well. in the hospital room when she had her <laughs> surgery. We came in. Of course. Yes. 17 yeah. hours. Wasn't it 17 hours, James? About 17 or 18 hours. It was. Wow. Yeah, that's so long. And I think I don't think people realize the journey that that people go through. They see them cancer free, but they don't understand the full journey. So I do want to talk a little bit about that journey, uh, James. What was the most difficult time and the most rewarding time of your wife's overcoming cancer journey? The most difficult time was when she was going through her chemo <clears throat> for the first one. Uh, like I said, she'd come home that in the morning time and she'd be okay and uh, by by the afternoon she was just absolutely wiped out mm -hmm. uh, having to watch her go through those cycles just about the time she starts feeling good uh it'd be time for another treatment and for those mm -hmm. of you that have had relatives or someone going through that you understand what i'm saying uh it is hard to see someone uh, and the way she would put it it's hard to take that poison uh, every so often and knowing what it's doing to not only the bad cells, but also to some of the good cells. Mm. And so watching her go through that was probably the most difficult. The second one was, Vanita <laughs> uh, uh, mentioned the, the surgery. Uh, you know, we went in thinking that this would be a eight or nine hours procedure and it turned into an all day uh, marathon. And, and uh, watching, watching her go through that also was pretty tough, pretty tough. But again, I had a really good support pastor and all of you uh, that came by was just really uplifting to both me and Barbara. Yeah, I remember her coming out and they had to take her back because she had a collapsed lung and I right. remember that. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we just started praying right then and there. But uh, I remember that happening. Um, so, so did you see, I want to also see the rewarding side of it, a silver lining in it. What was the most rewarding, uh, time of this journey? The, the most rewarding time was when she finished chemo, she went into radiation. <laughs> she, she described that as a piece of cake compared to chemo. Mm -hmm. And so after she was able to take herself to radiation, she was able to come back and do whatever she wanted to do after radiation. So seeing her get better. And uh, she'll probably beat me up for this, but seeing her hair start to grow back, wiped <laughs> <laughs> you know, it all out. Uh, was I think, uh, you know, it, again, it was that that faith and knowing that healing journey was about to come to an end. Most mm. rewarding part. I awesome. Want say, I want to say that to our listeners, this man is a strong man in God because I'm telling you, when we were in that hospital and waiting an hour after hour i was going through so much anxiety and so many different scenarios in my brain but i would watch you and your calmness would calm me down until i did not focus on you and then i'd start up again with anxiety and pacing and looking at the door waiting for a doctor to come out i mean it was just horrendous but there were little pockets of just watching you and observing you and having faith, just renewing my faith every few minutes, like, okay, God, you got this. God, you got this. James is James is not rattled, so why are you getting rattled? <laughs> That's what I kept saying. Now, you may have been keeping it, you know, you may have been rattled inside, but you weren't showing it, is what I'm trying to say. Just a little bothered, but uh, again, 
we went into both cases just knowing that God was going to be God was going to work it out in His way. So mm-hmm. uh, I managed to stay calm during this time. It was yeah. long and it was tiring, but right. Well, when we stopped by the hospital, that's the one thing I do remember is that James was very calm and thanking us for coming. And I was like, I don't know how he's doing that. (laughs) He's just like James in the Bible. So he was named, got the right name. Yes, (laughs) exactly, exactly. So with saying that, um, knowing what you know now and have been, been through all of this, what advice would you give to other caregivers that are going through the journey with their loved ones having cancer and going through the treatments? First of all, I would say you, you really have to have a foundation. And, and for Barbara me, that foundation was faith. Uh, I think the second advice would be to make sure you have a good, strong support system. Her family, my family, my church family, were all there for us. And, and I had no doubt about that. Uh, and finally, I would say that for those that may be going through this or, or may have to go through it in the future, uh, that understand that God works it out in whatever way he wants to work it out. And Barbara and I were, were ready to accept whatever he had for us. Uh, again, we felt very strongly that he was going to bring her through. So it was pretty easy for us at that point. But uh, I would just advise them to make sure they have a good, strong support family and make sure that they have uh, faith to, to to fall back on because things don't always work out the way we want them. Uh, we were blessed that it did, but it doesn't always work out that way. One final thought, I had a, a guy working for me one time and uh, he and I would talk, one of our uh, work colleagues had developed cancer and his he, he was a chemi- chem- chemistry major and his we were having a conversation. He said, James, you know, there's only two type, two types of people in this world looked at him a little puzzled. I said, what do you mean? His name was Otha. What do you mean, Otha? He said, there's people that have cancer and know it, and people that have cancer and don't know it. But at some point, we all have to deal with it, either within ourselves or family members. And uh, we just learn how to deal with it. I hear you. I, I'm just so happy and feel blessed that you came on to share with us your testimony, your part of the journey, um, but I'm like Beverly, I like how you said and not, you know, it's not all on Barbara. And I'm pretty sure that was what really helped both of y'all make it through. Absolutely. I, I don't have anything else. I don't know if the other ladies have anything else. I'm just um, still reeling off of you, just taking time out to share with our listeners. I'm sorry. I was going to, I was saying, I love the we part and anybody that's going through it, like BJ said, you are not alone. Mm-mm. Awesome. That's that's correct. Yes. So with that being said, um, again, we want to thank you for taking time out to come and share. Please give our love to your lovely wife, Miss Barbara. She is so funny. I love Barbara. She has an awesome sister. She's a comedian. And I just want to tell her that anytime she feels like baking one of her specialties, like that pound cake, we would... Lord, the uh, no, you didn't. You no, you didn't call her out on the podcast. So now yes, she I did. <laughs> There's actually one in there on the kitchen counter right now. Oh my okay, goodness. on my way. I know you probably got it. Away. I gotta make sure we're at the door. The doorbell's ringing. We're here. 
<laughs> thank you so much, James, for coming by. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Yes. Thank you for having me. You oh, blessed man. us. You blessed us. You're welcome back anytime. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. And we are back. And you know we cannot leave this podcast episode without talking about what? S-T-O-T-S. Sports. Got to do it. Got to do it. I'm addicted. I'm addicted. But okay, so each one of us is going to take a turn talking about our favorite sport or what's happening with us in sports. And I already know what Cheryl's going to talk about. I already know what Beverly's going to talk about. But I'm going to talk about the WNBA. Aces. Yes. Go Aces. In the finals, they are kicking booty. When I say kicking, I'm talking about the series is already 2-0. They need one more game. I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch. But go Asia. Go Chelsea. Go Kelsey. Go Kia. Who else is on that team? Uh, The coach. The coach, Becky Hammond, who used to be here in San Antonio with the Spurs. We love. I love you all. I'm enthralled in this, y'all. I go stark raving mad when this when the aces come on. I'm not <laughs> kidding. But I've been. The first following. game was close, but the second game was like a blowout. Ah, <laughs> blowout! Thank you for watching, Cheryl, for a minute. I know you only. It was. Yeah, you know I saw it. <laughs> but anyway, so I said Asia, Kelsey, Chelsea, Kia, and Jackie Young. Go aces. I'm done. Next. Well, this is one of my favorites because you know I'm a Spurs fan. But I thought you're only going to talk about one. I got to get it all in. Stop taking up my time. <laughs> uh, baseball. And you know they had a new playoff format and yes. it was crazy, you all. Six division winners and six wild card teams. And they threw all of them in and then that's how you advance the playoffs. So now it's like Atlanta against Philly and the Diamondbacks knocked the LA Dodgers out. They don't know what hit them. They won three to nothing in the playoffs. And so now it's going to be Strohs versus Houston. But I think I'm rolling with the Strohs this time because I love their manager and they're playing some good ball. Well, my Yankees you know, out of it, so I've I've dropped baseball for the last two weeks. Well, the Houston fans don't have to travel because they can be right there for both of them. <laughs> Texas playoff, yeah, yeah. Can I say one more thing? Go ahead. I'm so, I'm so attached to sports that one night I couldn't sleep, and I told Vanita this at two a.m. I'm watching the Japanese tennis tournament or wherever it was at two in the morning, but I saw ah. some of the tennis. I'm done. So you all know I'm a football fanatic. um, And y'all know, yesterday I thought it was Thursday. I was like, oh, I got to watch the the game. Thursday is coming on. The game is coming on. So I'm turning the prime on. And Jay's like, what are you talking about? Today is not Thursday. It's Wednesday. Well, guess what? Right now the game is on and I'm missing fantasy football. I mean, missing NFL football. So fantasy football-wise, I have Mahomes on my team as my quarterback. And also fantasy football wise, me and Sister Mitch is fired up. What happened, Benita? She beat the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, can you get a woo woo? 
just want everybody to know when we did the draft, I had a C plus, maybe a C minus. They had said I'm probably gonna win one game the whole season. Vanita had an A plus on her draft. No, A minus. A minus. She was like so happy and she was so giddy. And we got ready. She said, Oh, I play you on the third week. She did not say good game. She didn't mention anything about fantasy football for a whole until I brought it up. Let's just say that. Because before she be texting me, you watching football? You know what? Why are you bringing up old stuff? So just want to say, right now, I am number two in the league of 12. Uh, and so I'm not bragging. Just, Let me just check saying. this now. Let me check this And um, I don't know how I'm going to do. I'm playing the, the first place person right now. So one of us is going to lose and actually drop down. So we don't know who that is. So, But at any rate, I'm loving me some fantasy football. And I am love watching football. It's been so many injuries in the uh in the league jet you know jefferson you know he was a number one draft in fantasy and now he is injured uh you had uh was it not Kittle? kelsey was out for a little while but he's back um so it's a lot of injuries that's going on uh you know you had um the quarterback for cincinnati uh joe cool as i call him joe burrows he was hurt and still trying to play hobble so his wide receivers weren't getting very many points or, or target so uh <laughs> that's all i got is two. Oh my gosh oh, i'm gonna struggle this week if uh you mahomes might. don't get on it <laughs> you might win by they got you winning by five you know that can fluctuate right oh god yes that can yeah. fluctuate Gotta yes. keep those players healthy, even if it is fantasy. I know so that's my whole thing. I'm loving fantasy football. I'm I moved up from 11th place to second place, and uh, thank good you, Benita, for keeping I, me encouraged and inspired because you want to help me push to do it. I know. So I'm in eighth place, but last year I finished in fourth. That's right. I'm dwelling on last year, but you know, and last year I finished in first. So just you know, for going there. We're just, not. I'm talking about the past, not you. But let <laughs> we're getting ready to go, listeners, because it's about to get ugly. <laughs> go Aces. How about that? Yes, yes. go Aces. Go Spurs. Go, go fantasy football. Yes, go Spurs. you all, we got to say this word, Wimby. Wimby. Yes. Wimby. I can't say his whole name. It's too long. Wimby, I got about to the last canal. Did I say yes, it right? That's it. You got it. Mama say, Mama say, Mama Makusa. <laughs> Anyway, listeners, we are going to get out of here so we can go watch some football and eat some snacks. Thank you for listening and tuning in. We will see you next time. Adios. Adios. Bye. Thank you for listening. 